On today's show, a lackluster performance from the Hawks at home on this Friday evening. We'll touch on all of what transpired, what became a lopsided defeat. Talk about the trade stuff a little bit as well. We'll get into all of that and more coming up. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1630 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Friday evening into Saturday. And today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself with the Jace case. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. Use promo code locked on. Get $20 off your order with Jace Medical. Also, I should encourage you, as I always do at the top of the podcast, to make us your first listen each and every day. Check us out and subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, places like YouTube on the video side, as well as Apple, Spotify, Overcast, etc. On the audio side and i have a feeling that the audience will be a little bit lower than usual on this show because of the results i know some of you don't love to listen after losses some of you might be not hearing this podcast at all hopefully you're downloading the show or if you get your podcast but uh there's no reason to shortcut this whatsoever the hawks were awful tonight on this friday the final score 126 to 108 at the hands of the indiana pacers and quite frankly it was worse than that for a lot of the game um they were down as many as 27 points in the second half they were really down 25 and it was basically over six minutes to go or so. It's now the third loss in the last four for the Hawks, seven in the last 10, 15 and 22 for the season, and some really, really rough vibes tonight. Uh, just an awful performance in a lot of different ways. We'll talk about sort of more to context later on, of course, but this is a game at home that the Hawks had on normal rest. It wasn't a back-to-back. It will be tomorrow, but it wasn't tonight. No travel after the game on Wednesday. And uh, sort of another headliner is that Tyrese Halliburton, by far Indiana's best and most valuable player, did not play. In this game and the hawks were not at full strength but certainly closer than the pacers were and to lose like this not, not just lose but lose like this they were favored according to our friends at FanDuel, by five and a half points so the hawks were significant favorites in this game and it was just as rough as it seems and uh i'll just kind of leave it there for now but as a note before we dive into the game tonight um some trade wins have been flowing as we kind of all know at this stage if you're following the hawks closely I, as one note, I actually wrote extensively about the DeJounte Murray trade rumors on my Patreon, actually, on Thursday. That is patreon.com slash btrolling, kind of a roundup of the DeJounte stuff. Since then, there's been even more buzz and more murmurs, etc. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the, of course, leading newsbreaker in the entire NBA, went on the air on TV tonight and said the following, quote, Atlanta's ready to trade DeJounte Murray. They have given some time to the young Murray backcourt. They're ready to move on from it. And Jonathan Murray is the player they, they are engaged around the league with, end quote. So that's pretty definitive in a lot of different ways. He mentions the Lakers as a primary suitor. I have heard that as well. It's been out there, but I've definitely heard there's a lot of buzz around the Lakers right now. Other teams certainly in the mix. But Woj ended that segment by saying, quote, the chances of him moving by the deadline are very, very high. And that's not a coincidence. If it's Woj saying that, that is the vibe I'm getting. I will touch on this probably more later on if we need to. But uh, just to say this out loud. Um, I will officially be surprised if he is not traded uh, before the deadline. I heard some stuff even today that the Hawks were even potentially close on a deal. It's uh, it's out there. It's getting very, very loud very, very quickly. I'm not saying that was the reason why the Hawks lost this like this tonight. Um, certainly, people will make that jump. I wouldn't quite do that. But no matter what, like I think everybody knows the deal here. DeJounte is out there in trade rumors. He actually was the only guy who really scored at a high level tonight in the game. But you know, beyond the impact of a 1 out of 82 game, for a team that is not playing very well right now, um, the trade rumor stuff is picking up 
in a big way. I think uh, it got the loudest that I've had, that, that sort of for me anyway, offline. The loudest it's been all year long was today. So um, it wouldn't shock me if there was a trade coming in the near future. Obviously, there's still you know almost four weeks to go until the deadline. But uh, hold on to your hats there as well, I will say. At the, top of the shot, at the top of the show, the rest of the podcast will be talking about the actual game, but certainly that is sort of a lead note around the Hawks right now. So I want to leave with that. Um, when Woj says that, when there's more reporting from Chris Haynes, stuff I hear, it's it's out there to be sure. And we'll have more on that when it comes together, or if it does, I should I, I should say. Um, you know, look, I talked about it before. This is kind of an awful performance is the way that I would put it. Um, it was a two-way failure for the Hawks in this game is the way that I would frame it around. It wasn't just the offense. It was just the defense. I could and probably would argue that the offense was worse than the defense in this game, which is kind of crazy when you remember that, A, defensively the Hawks were bad in this game, as we'll come back to. But Indiana is a very, very poor defensive team. And the Hawks ended up scoring 108 points per possessions in this game. They had a 108 offensive rating. That's not good against anyone for this Hawks team at relatively full strength. This is an offense-first basketball team. They are built to score. And when you adjust for Indiana's defense and all that, it was very rough on offense. In this game and crazily they didn't even shoot poorly from three 37 on not huge volume but certainly they shot okay for point range it was just that um you know they missed six free throws 15 turnovers in this game that led directly to 22 points that was sort of a uh, two-way part of this game was that the offense did not help the defense let's just say uh they didn't do awfully on the glass but not anything fantastic fantastic and again not a total disaster in a vacuum but had some really rough stretches in this one on offense and we'll get into it more later probably, but Trey Young had a terrible game and looked to be kind of laboring and potentially hurt. Quinn acknowledged that he's been banged up. He's been on the injury report a few times recently with his shooting shoulder, his right shoulder. Also was limping around by the end with some lower body stuff. Um, I'm not saying that's the only reason why he was not good, but he was not good in this game. And obviously, as the Hawks' offense goes, Trey goes and, so, and vice versa. So when he's not playing well, the offense is not going to be at, at, at their peak. Also, Bogey was not very good in this game offensively. Um, that combination, I believe they, they shot 7 of 29 from the field between Trey and Bogey. Tough to overcome that. And, uh, you know, really the only guys who put up numbers on offense were DeJounte and Jalen Johnson. So it wasn't, in a again, in a vacuum, not a totally awful offensive performance, but certainly not good enough. And that led to the defense, which was obviously very bad. Um, it did get marginally better as the game went along. Again, I want to stress marginally better as the game went along. But they had a 129 defensive rating in this game. It was well above 140 at times in the second half. Indiana shot 67% from the field, about 70% from, from two-point range in this one. They did shoot well on threes on tiny volume, and certainly there was a little bit of negative variance there if you're the Hawks. But the real issue was what was basically what evolved into like a layup line for the Pacers at times. They had 76 points in the paint and 25 fast break points in the game. Those are two very damning numbers. Nothing was good defensively. I'm going to be very clear about this. Nothing was good defensively. But even as Quinn got questions post-game about the rib protection, about the centers, and particularly Clint came back in this game, he noted that he actually thought Clint bailed them out a few times. I definitely would agree with that. Um, the main issues – and look, I'm not telling you that the centers were good. Uh, Anyaka didn't play well. Clint was not like dominant or anything like that. But it was much, much more, if you watch the tape back, about the lack of point-of-attack defense containing the ball – they were really bad at rotating, especially in the first half before they kind of played a little bit more drop coverage later on. they It was a multifaceted failure defensively, and that kind of led to a lot of free runs at the rim. And no matter who you are, Clint even sort of not just after the game, no matter who you are, it could be Ruby, it could be Rudy Gobert, whoever you want to say, if you're allowing free runs to the rim the entire game, it doesn't, it's not going to matter. So 
They were also awful in transition in this game. The Pacers had both elite transition frequency, which means how often you are running, and also converting at an elite rate when they did run. And yeah, I mean, people asked me during the game and after it, like, is there something about this matchup where the Hawks just can't seem to find their footing? Yes, kind of. Like, Indiana does play a distinct style. Um, not quite the same without Halliburton, but they do want to run. They are fast, 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 run, run, run all the time. TJ McConnell is excellent at pushing the pace, and that was definitely giving the Hawks problems in this one. And I, I think it is kind of matchup-related, but look, I say that. It's not an excuse. It's, it's still bad that the Hawks are not able to keep up with the Pacers in this game. And I want to just say it one more time. It's not always this easy, but the Pacers were without their best player, and their best player by a lot. Tyrese Halliburton is one of the best offensive players in the league. And he didn't play, and the Hawks couldn't stop them at all. And just the just the sheer like plain simpleness of that is really rough. One of the crazier stats of the night before we move on. The Hawks lost this game by 18 points. They were down by 27 in the second half. They forced 27 turnovers in this game. For the uninitiated, that is about double what the Hawks average offensively turnovers per game. 27 is ridiculous. Like Teams don't average more than 15, 16 a game at the very, very most. And they turned them over 27 times and won on the road by a lopsided margin. That shouldn't be possible. But Indiana shot so well and got to the rim so often from the perimeter, it didn't matter. And they also had 41 assists to kind of negate some of that too. But, man, if you if all you said was the Hawks would force 27 turnovers, it would seem impossible to have a 130 defensive rating. And that's what the Hawks did in this game. So – in the end, I won't rant and rave about this. It might be a shorter show than usual, honestly, but it was just an awful performance from the Hawks. People listening to the show regularly will know I don't, I usually like to give good context. I get, you know, I'm not, it's not about excuse making, just kind of giving the whole picture. And I think I'm doing that here, honestly. It was one of the worst performances of the season from the Hawks, full stop. The season's almost half over. This is a spot in which they could have maybe started to build on something. They won on Wednesday. This is a good stretch, a favorable stretch of schedule from the Hawks at home. No Halliburton. And they did the opposite of all of that. I mean, with the trade stuff against swirling, this is not going to stop that. It's If anything, it might ratchet it up. You know, you don't want to be too reactionary. And I think fans think that, you know, losses equal trades. Not always the case, but this won't stop them from trading anybody. I can promise you that. It was rough, rough, rough. And it's pretty, it's pretty easy to say just plainly why the Hawks are open for business right now. Because the formula at the moment is not working. It's players. It's coaches. I mean, I don't want to absolve Quinn and the staff. You know, when you have this kind of defensive performance, they have to get some blame. And I think it's still more players than coaches for the most part. But uh, and, and they did change the drop, drop coverage, but their show and recover defense does not work at all. And it has not worked against the Pacers all year long. They can't stop them. So I'm off track. But regardless, it was awful. They played terribly in this game. And uh, there's no really excuse for it. It's just I mean, Other than just the reality of one out of 82 and you don't want to make too, too much of one game, it was inexplicably bad in this spot. And I will leave it there for now. All right, we'll have more on this game. Coming up in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors on the show today. Today's show is sponsored by Jace Medical. I know we come to Sportsbook to escape from some of the crazy realities of life, but if you don't mind, I'll talk to you for a second now about preparing for real life. And according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of a flu season that is terrible across the board. It's scary stuff for a lot of different people. I know it'd be helpless if you had someone in your family or a close friend group get sick while these supply chain issues keep you from getting the life-saving medication that they actually need. Thankfully, though, there is Jace Medical. They offer the Jace case, which is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat all kinds of illnesses, UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and many others. This can always happen to someone you know or any of us, and you want to be prepared for that. So the place to go is jacemedical.com. 
You can put a physician encounter right now. It'll be reviewed by a board certified physician. Your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's always important, but it's never been more important to be, to be prepared than it is right now today. And the place to go is jacemedical.com. Use promo code locked on when you get there. $20 off your order. That is jacemedical.com. Use the offer code locked on. All right. And to the game flow in this one, uh, early on, actually went to the Hawks. The Pacers called timeout after 47 seconds in this game, which you don't often see. That was a, kind of a long time ago, it feels like right now, but it was certainly uh, notable. Capella scored twice in a row throughout the game in his, in his return. One of, those, one of those was a nice lob from Trey. Uh, Jalen had a big dunk off of a pass from Murray after a steal of the backcourt, lobbed it to him. Just a reminder, by the way, beyond the physical tools from Jalen Johnson, it's encouraging to see him using them, number one, and just going up and through guys at the rim, not shying away, um, using his touch for sure as well, but just also overpowering guys sometimes. Um, notably in the rotation in this one, the Hawks had only nine guys who played real minutes. The rest of them uh, were kind of uh, thrown in at the end of this one. It was Bogey and Okongo as always. It was Trent Forrest who I appreciated the Hawks staying with Trent. I thought they might not, and I think they, they probably should have, and they did in this game. Uh, without Hallio, there wasn't like a spot where he had to be. And on, but honestly, though, he was the only guy on the court that could stay in front of McConnell, so that was notable as well. He's played well early in the playing time, and it wasn't too bad in, in this game either. Um, and the rest of the first quarter was kind of a, a game of runs, and, so to speak. They should have a 9-2 run to go up by eight points. That happened like as soon as the bench came in. And honestly, the, the plus minuses for the Hawks – swung pretty wildly toward the toward the bench being super negative in this game um you know the starters other you know actually Jalen and Trey were rough but the Sadiq Clint DeJounte trio was actually pretty good in this one it was everybody else it was Bogey it was a Kongwu it was Jalen it was Trey and Patty Mills they got waxed in those minutes um locked it up a 10-0 run late in the first quarter actually picked up when the when they actually put Trent on McConnell when Murray came out of the game but the Pacers shot 16 of 19 from the field in the first quarter with 15 assists in a quarter. That's insane. Um, only, though, a 136 offensive rating. That's obviously a very good number, but they had seven turnovers. That was kind of the key the entire game. The first quarter was kind of a microcosm of that. Pacers were 11 of 12 at the rim. Lots of breakdowns. Offensively, it was fine but not dominant. Um, the beginning of the second quarter was kind of a, I would say, a foreshadowing of what was going to come later on in some respects. It was a 13-0 run by the Pacers to put the Hawks up down by 17 points. The first seven points happened in about 90 seconds. Quinn calls timeout. After that, Bogey threw the ball away out of the timeout on the inbounds pass for a three-point play, and then Trey turned it over, and that led to a three. So it was a nightmarish stretch in that point for the Hawks. On top of the defense, the Hawks just couldn't score. Trey was one of nine. They were down 19 mid-quarter. Uh, they did go, again, as I mentioned before, smartly to a more conservative scheme defensively, more drop coverage. It didn't solve it. It did improve it. And the Hawks had their best stretch of the game late in the first half. They actually outscored the Pacers 28 to 15 over an eight-minute period. In a game, they ended up losing by 18 points. So it was the only positive stretch of the entire game, really. Better contests, better execution. They were down six at halftime. And it was like, all right, maybe they figured some stuff out. That was not the case, obviously. Um, in the third quarter, this is kind of where I go back to where the offense was maybe worse than the defense in times in this game, when at least when you talk about like relatively speaking. The Hawks scored 12 points in like nine and a half minutes to begin the third quarter. Only 19 in the entire period. DeJounte was the only guy who made a shot. He actually was five of five in the third quarter, had 11 points. Jalen had a nice dunk in the final seconds, but other than that, it was awful. They were eight of 19 from the field, five turnovers, three missed free throws. Trey was awful. Um, his shoulder issues, by the way. Um, he did make two threes early in the fourth quarter, but before that, Trey was seven of 41 from three 
in the month of January. Now he's nine of nine of 43. Um, maybe the shoulder has, has something to do with that. I'm sure it does, but uh, he was really bad through three quarters and honestly was bad the entire game. I had a bad turnover led to a dunk in the, in the, in the fourth quarter. Not honestly a lot of need for detail about the fourth quarter. Once this game was out of hand, it was really out of hand. They were down 27 mid fourth. Um, I I thought, and I, should, and I said this as much, the Hawks should have pulled the guy, pulled their plug, basically pulled other guys down 25. With about six minutes to go, they called timeout, and I would have pulled everybody if they hadn't already. If I would have even earlier, because again, the Hawks played tomorrow, and this game was over at that point. Unfortunately, they didn't do that. Um, and then Trey, about a minute later, came limping off the court with, five, you know, I'm not sure he suffered an injury there, but like he obviously didn't need to be, didn't need to be on the floor whatsoever at that point. He was first got to come out. They did actually. It's kind of funny the irony here. The Hawks cut the lead down to 20. Now it was still over. Don't get me wrong, but then they pulled the guys. So they kept them in up 26, and then pulled them up 20. And I started down 26, and then down 20. I didn't quite understand the thinking there. Um, ironically, again, like it is what it is. But the bench minutes, it was over by then. This game was not as close as the final score indicated. They were down 27. It was 25 when the game was really over, and uh, they won the garbage time minutes. But that was kind of the only thing about that. Uh, we'll have more coming up on this one. But first, a word from our sponsors on the show today. Today's show is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America and the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS right now. At PrizePix, all you have to do is pick two to six players and then choose whether they have more or less than a projection and a ton of different categories across sports. What up, 25,000 monies on your, on your entries? That's always very solid to have as an opportunity. And they have combo projections across sports as well. You can, it can include two or more players from different sports or different leagues together. And they have a huge selection of sports not offered anywhere else. Also, stat types uh, and sort of the vari the variation there, the variance is, is a lot of fun to kind of dive through what's even available at Prize Picks. They have the NBA, of course, NFL, NHL, PGA, and much more. And they have a reboot policy at Prize Picks. In fact, they're the only DFS platform with an injury insurance policy. I've enjoyed checking out Prize Picks for quite some time now. I dig into the NBA stuff every day, NFL stuff as well. The playoffs coming up this weekend. On the whole, the experience is fantastic at Prize Picks. It's easy, it's fun, I recommend it, and it's really a user friendly experience, top to bottom. And the place to go is prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use promo code LockedOnNBA when you get there for a first time deposit match up to $100 with PrizePicks. One more time, the place to go is prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use promo code LockedOnNBA when you get there. Check out DFS made easy with PrizePicks. All right, and to the player stuff in this game, obviously no sugarcoating it. Nobody was incredible. Devontae did shoot the ball well. Jalen had some nice moments. Touch on those guys in a second. First, though, the bench guys. Um, I thought Trent was probably the most effective when you compare him to his normal baseline. He had um, in 20 minutes, four points, six assists for for Forrest. He was the best defender on the perimeter by a wide margin. I thought in this game had a steal, uh, minus five minutes, but that was kind of par for the course. I thought he was he played pretty well. Uh, a couple of record, scr record scratches. Trent's offense is not the best, as we kind of know, but he makes good decisions, which is very helpful. I thought he gave him good minutes, and I think he should be still playing um, tomorrow and beyond. That's kind of where I would be on Forrest. He gave them little things that were positive. I thought Patty Mills was really rough in this game. 14 minutes, had two points, minus 11. Uh, defensively, not great. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to play on a Patty. Nobody was good, but I don't. I don't really get his minutes in this one. He didn't play very well. Garbage time stuff from Bruno and AJ Griffin and Seth Lundy. AJ made a shot late. Seth got to the line once, but uh, nothing really to add on those guys. Kongwu. Not his best. Six points in 23 minutes. Had one rebound. It was offensive, so zero defensive rebounds. Some of that is that the Pacers didn't miss any shots. So there's that. I don't think he was awful, but not his best. Not his most effective. 
um, def- defensively or offensively, really. I think he, may, he made a few shots around the rim, but not his best. Bogey was rough. Um, one of seven on twos is a little bit weird to see from Bogey, but two of five from three, 10 points, not efficient at all, defensively rough, minus 24 uh, for steals, but not much beyond that. Um, again, it's it's tough for the Hawks when Trey and Bogey are rough in the same game offensively. I don't want to put it only on them, but he was not very good either. Uh, to the starters, Sadiq Bay, three of 10 from the floor, 0 of 3 from, from two, three of seven from three. Did get to the line nine times. I thought Sadiq actually played with some physicality that was needed in this game. He wasn't great, but had 17 points, gave them some stuff. I thought he was not really the problem offensively in particular. Defensively, same old story with Sadiq. Like his off ball defense is really bad, and it's been bad since he got to Atlanta. So, not really much to add there, but. I did think that he gave him some stuff that was helpful. Granted, it was mostly when the game was mostly over, but I thought he was at least physical and um, you know mixing it up some, got to the line, used his physicality, and I think that's a good a good small consolation. Capella back in this game after missing the game um, on Wednesday with the Achilles at seven points, five rebounds in 22 minutes. You know, wasn't particularly great, had a block, but I thought that he was okay. Um, he at least protected the rim some. Quinn talked about this. I don't mention it before, but he did build him out a few times around the rim. Still not his best, but I thought he looked okay physically, which is good after missing the game on Wednesday. And we'll see if he plays both ends of the back-to-back on Saturday. Um, Jalen Johnson, offensively pretty good. 16 points, four rebounds, three assists, 7-11 from the floor. I thought defensively Jalen was pretty bad, actually. Um, which is, look, there's a disconnect. I don't want to do the whole thing again about – Jalen's potential defensively and his ability and his ceiling defensively is one thing. His day-to-day, down-to-down, play-by-play defense is not as good as Hawks fans think that it is right now, which is not a shot at him. It's just he's a young guy, and I don't worry about it, but he was part of the problem more so than than the solution in this one. Um, Again, no one was good. (laughs) I'm not blaming Jalen. It's just uh, he was not – I think especially in the first half, he had some notable breakdowns. DeJounte was the one bright spot scoring-wise, 29 points on 18 shots, zero free throw attempts. He was certainly, um, you know, feeling it from mid-range, which is good, three, three six from, from three-point range. Defensively, I thought he was actually really bad, but offensively, he was, again, the only guy that made shots, so it's tough to blame him. The trade stuff is swirling. Um, you know, there was a thought that, you know, people asked me if like, he was going to play tonight. He's going to play until he's until he's traded, or, if, and, you know, I'm not saying it's a guarantee that he's traded, but everybody's saying it's going to happen. But he gave you know gave some offense. Nobody else was scoring in this game. I don't think he was probably as good as the numbers indicated, but still he made shots and nobody else did. So that's notable. And then Trey, I said it before. I think Trey was maybe the worst he's been all year in this game, putting everything together. 13 points, six for six assists, yes, five turnovers. He was two of eleven on twos, two of six from three, and again missed his first four, made his last two. He was hobbling, he was not his best self. I think he is banged up. He's not shot the ball well at all from three in January, especially. Um, and yeah, I mean, but even decision-making wise, it wasn't just a shooting. He just did not play well beyond the shooting. I will usually try to tell you guys when a guy is just like missing shots, that was not tonight for Trey. He just didn't play well at all. And I think that's concerning against a bad Pacers defense. Um, before that, look, I think that Trey has played an all-star level this year. No question about that. He's not been the problem, but the last couple of games, he's not been his best self. And tonight he was really bad. So would they have won this game if he played well? Probably not, but it would have been closer. So that's something in that when, when you're the best player, a lot, of, a lot of attention will be paid to you always. And uh, he was not good at all. In fact, again, I think it might have been his worst game of the year. Certainly bottom two or three as far as like his overall performance. And uh, we'll leave it there for now. All right. I've said a lot of words about this basketball game. But before we get out of here, uh, also, I, I forgot one, one piece of trivia. It doesn't really actually matter that much as far as the game is concerned. But Trey and Bogey became the first pair of teammates in the history of the NBA 
to hit their thousand three pointer in their careers in the same game. Kind of strange, but both of them hit that hit that mark in this one. There you go. Uh, the Hawks play again tomorrow, Saturday night against Washington at home. Of note, I am not planning to record a podcast after that game. I said that recently on the on the show, but if you're making made it this far, if it's just a game, I will not have a podcast. I will say if the Hawks make a especially a major trade, if they trade a very bit piece, maybe not, but if they trade a major piece, i.e. someone like DeJounte, I will do whatever I can to scramble and record a podcast as soon as possible on Saturday. Um, it is a rarity for me to miss a game. I usually miss one or two when it comes to recording during the season. Um, this will be the first one if it happens tomorrow. I think it's probably going to happen. But technically, the Lockdown Network is really a Monday through Friday show, and most most shows don't actually do weekend shows. I know I always do when the Hawks play on Saturdays, but I'm traveling, as you can see by my background if you're watching on YouTube, etc. I basically, uh, you know, always do the show, but I will hit on Saturday's game on Monday because the Hawks play Monday afternoon. That's part of the uh, reason why I'm skipping Saturday's podcast. But it goes without saying, I think for everybody listening to the podcast. But if the Hawks make a trade either later tonight or Saturday morning, or Saturday afternoon, or Sunday, or Sunday afternoon, I will do a podcast as soon as I can. So please stay tuned. Please subscribe to the podcast. We'll have more. Again, I want to recommend my writing on DeJounte uh, that I did on Thursday at patreon.com slash btroland. Check out, check out and support that if you'd like to read my work there. I also share some audio stuff there, et cetera, et cetera. Good sort of uh, expanded coverage of the Hawks. Also, please subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Etc. Follow the show on Twitter slash X at Locked On Hawks. Follow me there as well at BT Roland. Rate, review, subscribe, etc. I appreciate everyone listening to the show, especially if you made it to the very end of this podcast. It's a whirlwind. Also, there are there are bonus episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network and in, in, in our audio only feeds, I should say, from the Locked On Sports Atlanta crew. Those, those will still be there. So if you're an audio only subscriber, you will have those. Just extra podcasts, no less for me. I'll ever, but just more, more, more. And hopefully, you appreciate all of that. So with all that said. Thank you for listening to the podcast, everybody. We'll see you later on. At the very latest, it'll be Monday. Could be seeing you between now and then if there's a trade. And stay tuned. We'll see you then.